This is Adapted with Anna and Sam. We love books and we love movies. Warning, here be spoilers. Welcome to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna. And I'm Sam. In this podcast, we talk about a book, we talk about a movie or TV show based on that book, we play some fun games, and we encourage you to read and watch along with us. This episode, we are talking about A Monster Calls by Patrick Ness, based on the idea by Siobhan Dowd. Aww. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Siobhan Dowd uh, was the creator of the idea, but died before she could finish the book, so Patrick Ness. Yes. Finished it for her. I do go into that in my summary. I know, but you made up like a sound, and it's, if people don't know that, then they're just going like, to think like, "What did I know?" They're did just going to you. Like, what's oh, the? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's another story, though. <laughs> you left her. Uh, oh, weird. We're creating some weird little mm. loops in reality here. Yeah, we are. Sam, what did you think? <laughs> um, so when I first read the book, I was not prepared for how many tissues I would need. Um, and then, although I knew what to expect when I watched the movie, I still cried buckets. It's just a very moving, very moving story. Yeah. Uh, my critique is almost the exact same thing. <laughs> um, so I watched the movie before I read the book. Oh, okay. um, so I really did not know what to expect. And I think, if I remember correctly, um, a friend of mine had gotten free movie passes. So I didn't even know that much about the movie before I went in. It just oh. was like, oh, sure, we'll try that. That looks interesting. So I was not prepared. And I cried so hard the first time I saw it. Um, so if any of our listeners haven't read it or seen it yet, have a box of tissues handy. Spoiler alert. Mom, you're going to need some tissues. Dad, have extra tissues because mom's going to need more. Right. Just I have a new question for you. Oh, okay. That's what that typing sound was. Yes, yes, it was. Sam, do you want to do six degrees? Yes, I do. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that I have basically the entire entire same actors and actresses as my last one. Just in a different order. Just in a different order in different movies, but I don't care. You you have a stable. I do. I can't help it. It's a Sam LeDoit joint. <laughs> um, so Michael Gambon mm-hmm. was in Gosford Park with Maggie Smith. And yes, I had to pick a movie. Yeah, he they've in been her. in a few. Together. I chose Gosford Park again. Maggie Smith was in The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Yes. With Judy Dench. Judy Dench was in Notes on a Scandal with Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett was in The Talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon. You know what else Kate Blanchett was in? Life Aquatic with Steve Susan. <laughs> yes, yes, she was. Just sidebar. She's a very, very good actress to go through. Yes. Not She's literally. No. No. Not since the breakup. No, 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 no. Again, she left you. No, no, no. I left. Oh, my God. You are not not making me sound very like I got much game. Oh, man. Matt Damon was in Dogma with Alan Rickman. Nice. Thank you. Both for Dogma and for, oh, oh Alan I miss Rickman. him so much. He was, oh. He's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so good. Go on. Anyways, and then Alan Rickman was in Galaxy Quest with Sigourney Weaver. Nicely done. Thank I you. do just want to point out, you could have done that much shorter. Yes, I Michael could. Gambon is in Harry Potter <laughs> with <laughs> Alan Rickman. Yeah, no. And you could have just, but, boop. I, and I, I, like, as I was going through it, I was just like, I'm going to take the long way around. Hey, the scenic route. That's right? our, that's our MO. That's, that's what um, we have to do. And I highly approve of using Galaxy Quest always. That Thank movie you. is so epic. I love that movie. Oh, it's never going to so get old. Good. Um, 
Well, my six degrees, because we're coming from Clueless and Emma. Yes. I, of course, made it hard for myself. <laughs> so Paul Rudd of Clueless mm-hmm. was in Avengers Infinity War slash Endgame, no spoilers, with Chris Evans. Nice. Who was in Captain America with, you know, I met Stanley Tucci, but I wrote Stably Tucci. <laughs> and he's now going to be called Stably Tucci from now on. Oh, Stably Tucci. Stably. <laughs> Uh, Stanley Tucci was in Fortitude with Michael Gambon. I loved that show with him. Only with Stanley Tucci. Yeah, the, first, the first season of Stanley Tucci is. Because he's Stanley freaking Tucci. <laughs> the one and only Stanley Tucci. Um, of course, Michael Gambon was in Emma. But he was also in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou with Bill Murray. Nice. Who was in Ghostbusters 1 yes. and 2 Ooh. with our girl Sigourney Weaver. Very nice. And that's done. how we got there. So when we were watching the movie, I my first note that I took was, I can use high spirits in my six degrees. Because you can use high spirits in all of your six degrees. Because I love six degrees with high spirits. And yeah. it's one of Liam Neeson's first movie roles. He's all That's true. tall and dead. Dead. A sexy ghost. Nice. He farts. It's a weird movie. Why does he fart? I'm pretty sure Irish cuisine of the 17th century has something to do with it. Okay. Look, he's married to Daryl Hannah. And that makes him fart? And she complains that he farts in bed. And that's why she doesn't find Liam Neeson attractive. Okay. And doesn't want to consummate. And that's why he kills her on their wedding night. And then I think commits suicide. I don't remember. Clearly they have to work through some things. I'm sorry. Spoilers. I know you guys are going to go and watch it now. So. I'm pretty sure they would have already watched it. No, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to get some newcomers. We're going to welcome some new people to the high school. Okay. Okay. Welcome anyone new. You should go watch High Spirits. Peter Gallagher's eyebrows and Liam Neeson as a farting dead guy. And I'm pretty sure like. Steve Gutenberg? Steve Gutenbest. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no Stably Tucci, though. No. Uh, we need to dig deeper into the Stably Tucci. Um, we do. Oeuvre. We do. Anyways, what movie are we talking about today? I've forgotten. Uh, it is called A Monster Calls. Yes. Sam, would you like to tell us about the book? Why well, don't mind if I do. Squeeze me. (laughs) A Monster Calls was published in 2011. It is considered a low fantasy novel. I'm not really sure what that means, but that's what I've seen it called. It's like, I don't don't know. Do you want me to guess or do you want me to look it up? Oh, no, no. I just wanted to say that. Okay. I don't need to sound smart. Yeah, exactly. I'm guessing low fantasy means that there overlaps with the real world, whereas high fantasy is like Like, an entirely new Lord of the Rings-esque. There's very, it's like... Mostly realism with a little bit of, with a little like, dashes, yeah, touches of magic. Dashes. That's what I'm going to guess. Yep. Low, real, low, low, whatever it was. Low fantasy. Said. Low fantasy is. No, I go with it. I like it. Okay, cool. Okay. That's now the official definition, internet. That's right. Um, and the book was written by Patrick Ness. Um, Patrick Ness had been approached by his publishers with an idea. One of their authors had recently died of cancer before she could turn her latest story idea into a full novel. Would Patrick be interested in taking it and running with it? The publishers felt the story idea was just too good to not release into the world. And I think they were I, right. I agree. Yeah. And I, I feel like and like um the the version of the novel I have has two special like kind of bits at the back where they go into the writing of the book and the making of the movie. Um and the way the publisher describes the authors, I feel like Siobhan Dowd also supported this idea. And this is something that she would have, you know, kind of wholeheartedly been behind. And I mean all of this 
every version I've seen, it, it acknowledges that it was her idea. Exactly. I mean, her name's on it. It's, like, right on the cover, right in the credits in the movie. Yeah. Um, they are not trying to take anything away from exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Patrick eventually agreed and wrote A Monster Calls with absolutely gorgeous illustrations by Jim Kay. Uh, Ness won the Carnegie Medal and Kay the Greenaway Medal for their work on A Monster Calls, which are, like, high literary awards in England. Um, so, the story of Monster Calls. 13-year-old Connor O'Malley awakens from the same, the same nightmare he has been experiencing for the past few months, the one with the darkness and the wind and the screaming. At seven minutes after midnight, 12.07, a voice calls to him from outside his bedroom window, which overlooks an old church and its graveyard sheltered by a yew tree. Walking to the window, Connor meets the monster who called, a towering mass of branches and leaves formed in a human shape of, from the yew tree. And the whole description of how the monster forms himself from the yew tree is absolutely just vivid. And you can really, even if you haven't seen the movie, you can really picture how the monster is kind of building himself from the yew tree. Um, so Patrick Ness does a really good job just kind of, you know, bringing the monster to life with words. Mm -hmm. And then when you flip to page to see Jim Kay's illustration and to see, you know, how good it, like, you know, it basically matches up with what you've imagined. And it was yeah. just, it was great. Um, so I downloaded the book onto my Kindle. Yes. And that did not have any illustrations. Which is so which I, sad. I'm a little disappointed. I didn't realize what I was missing. Yeah. But I will say the words were still evocative Very, and yeah. painted a, Good. a very vivid image. Although Kindle, come on. Right? Amazon, get it together. Jeez. Seriously. Just because I mean, you have all of the money ever. I mean, maybe we should blame the folder. No, I'm blaming Amazon. That's fair. All right. I'm going to blame the people with the best lawyers. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so the monster arises from the yew tree, and he's intrigued that Connor is not afraid of him, and insists that Connor actually summoned him. The monster claims to be a version of the Green Man, which is a legend in England, I'm pretty sure, of... Things. Yeah, there's a like so it's like an ancient pagan god that yeah, then got turned into part of the Arthurian legend, I think. He like he shows up in basically every legend that has to do with Yeah, and well and my my stuff. interpretation was he's he is the green man, he is this other thing. I mean yeah, he's, he's, he's every version of yeah. a god of the earth. Yeah. It's like when you D doesn't he reference Hearn the Hunter? He does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's like when you think of a god of the earth, like it's always this monster. Yeah. And he just goes walking. Occasionally. Goes on a walkabout. After midnight. <laughs> out in the moonlight. So the monster claims to be a version of the green man and warns that he will tell Connor three true stories, after which Connor must tell a story of his own, and if it is not true, the monster will eat him. <laughs> which is hilarious. Which is great. You want to be eaten by a tree. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the, the monster continues to meet Connor almost always at 12.07 a.m. or p.m. to tell his stories of when the monster went walking before. And I just, I love the way the monster talks in the story. Oh, yeah, the stories are great. Because it's like, his phrasing is slightly old-fashioned, but not really. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's very rhythmical. Mm-hmm. And I really, it just really just flows. Yeah. Beautifully. I, it's very much like music. Oh yeah, the 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 way the stories are told are fantastic. I yeah. I don't want to go into too much because like I feel like people should just read them. They really should, should just read, read them. them. They're read just them. so good. Yes. But, uh, the first the first one especially because it establishes the tone exactly. 
it's yep. you're not quite sure what to expect and it it's a really well told story and, and it takes you places you weren't expecting and mm-hmm. yeah and like I don't want I don't go too far into my summaries for each of the stories because like I really feel like you should read a story or watch the movie to really to really understand and, and see what the stories are like um, just because when I I remember reading them and when you remember watching them it's just like this the tw- I don't want to say twist because it's not really a twist at the end, but just like the way they end is so on so surprising. It's not like an M. M. Night Shyamalan twist, no. but it's it's not the story is not what you expect. Yeah. It's it's not the fairy tale that you think you're going to hear. Exactly, and you like when and you that's hear Carter's it, reaction too. He thinks exactly. he's getting a fairy tale, and then at the end he's like, "That was that was stupid. That's not right. what I wanted." Exactly, or that's not the way fairy tales are supposed to go. Right. It's like, well, Connor, life's not a fairy tale. Exactly, and that's the whole point of these stories. Um. So between the, between the monster's tales, which aim to demonstrate the complications inherent in humans, mm. it is revealed that Connor's mother is undergoing chemotherapy and has been afflicted with terminal cancer for the past year. Connor is isolated and alone. His flaky father uses his new family in the USA as an excuse to be detached and supportive, while his distant relationship with his pushy and cold grandmother provides no comfort either. Mm. Uh, Connor is actually a victim of bullying at school, though he does seem to not seek it out but he it and this is one of the things of the story is the bullying is an avenue for connor to punish himself yeah for being like just feeling the way he does it's it's like it's almost like the kid who's cutting himself so that he can feel something he's seeking normalcy yeah and bullying is a normal thing for him and it's it's so hard it's also human connection yeah and he's it's, just looking for some connection. i mean it's abu- it's abusive but yep yeah it's it's pretty complex stuff for a young adult it is <laughs> and fiction. i mean he pa- patrick next packs a lot into this story yeah, but it does. is so well done um actually patrick ness was uh the writer behind the doctor who spinoff class really mm-hmm. that didn't last very long did it did they do more than one season? I think they've only done one season. I don't know if they're planning on bringing it back or not. It seemed like they were at the end. But it was a couple years ago, so it seems like... It was, it, it was coincided with Peter Capaldi's last season. So that was, what, 2017? Yes. Because it took freaking forever <laughs> for the 13th Doctor to come. Yeah, I I have a feeling that they're not going to do more class. Yeah, probably not. Or maybe it's just not coming here. Or I maybe like he would have heard it. something. I don't know. I don't pay attention that much anymore unless it's like a show I already follow that's I, I don't I honestly don't know why I don't know the answer to this yeah um so where was I uh so Connor's a victim of bullying at school and he has distanced himself from all other social contact other than that of the monster and one of the storylines in the book is he has a friend called Lily who had he had been close with and grown grown up with and you know, their mothers had been friends, and they, he and Connor and Lily had been friends. Um, but then when Connor's mother first got sick, Lily's mother found out and told Lily, and Lily told the school. You know, and so Connor, in a way, blames Lily for being where he is, because now everybody knows he's in a situation. Right. He's Even got a situation at home. It's not, yeah, he's just he's looking yeah. for someone to exactly. take his feelings out on. Um, and so there's a really, but there is a really nice moment at the end where Lily apologizes and Connor apologizes and they become friends again. It was very, very sweet. Um, so 
As the story progresses, his mother condition worsens and Connor's encounters Connor's encounters with the monster have escalating consequences. Um, at the end of the book, we find out why the monster has been coming and about the nightmare Connor is so afraid of, which is him holding onto his mother's arms, gripping her tightly as she's about to fall off a cliff, and then Connor loosens his grip and lets his mother fall purposely, though he could have held onto her for longer. The monster came so Connor could confess the truth about how he wanted his mother to die so she didn't have to suffer anymore and he wouldn't feel so isolated and to end all the pain for both of them. And then so by doing so, Connor is finally able to let his mother go and, you know, have closure. It was so sad. I th- I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying not to. Yeah. It's. Yep. It's so heartbreaking. This. I mean, he's. Is he. 10 or 12, I can't remember. Uh, I think he's 13 in the book and 12 in the movie. Okay. I mean, this this little boy going through such a grown-up experience. And there's so many wonderful, beautiful, heart-rending moments in the book. Um, and a lot of them are in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, his mother apologizing to him and yeah. saying, I'm sorry. If, like, mm-hmm. if I wish I had 100 years to give to you. Mm-hmm. All she wants is to live longer for her son. Yep. And like the moment, I don't, I think it's in the book, but I remember better from the movie where she's like, don't ever be sorry. Yes. That's in both. It's in the book and the yeah. movie where he's, she's like, don't ever getting, be sorry for not talking to me. Yeah. It's getting close to the end. And she's basically giving her permission to like, if you can't talk to me right now, mm-hmm. you don't have to say anything because I know everything yep. you would say. And if years later you wish you had said something to me, don't. don't. Yeah. It was, ugh. it's, she, like she knows him so well, she knows him inside and out. Yep. She knows him better than anybody, and um, yeah, that's in that's in the book and the movie. And then, you know, the whole he has to he's been so hard on himself and and just mm-hmm. feeling like he's the scum of the earth because he wants it to be over. Yep, and that's such a natural reaction. Yeah, but he's thirteen, and yep. and nobody's talking to him, and he's alone. And, and so, like, the monster's, like, giving him permission to be human. He's giving him permission to be angry. Yep. He's giving him permission to want it to, be, to end. Yep. And his mom gets it. Yep. And because he's able to finally acknowledge that, he can let her go. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's so beautiful. Um, so, briefly on the four stories. The first story takes place long ago when the town was a kingdom. A prince sacrifices his love in order to convince his people that his step-grandmother, the queen, is an evil witch and must be removed from the throne. It lays out a fable that demonstrates humans are not all bad, nor all good, though they may present themselves as such. The monster saves the queen from the prince and the townspeople because she had not yet done anything evil, unlike the prince who had murdered his love. In the second story, this the second story reveals that belief is half of all healing. Belief in the cure, belief in the future. A person whose job is belief throws his own beliefs away without a second thought in order to save his ill daughters, even though he had previously used his position to drive his parishioners away from this alternative medicine that he is now seeking. The monster then destroys the parson's house to destroy him, to punish him for his selfishness. And at the end of the story, Connor helps participate as the monster destroys the parson's house, only to awaken to discover that he has actually vandalized his own grandmother's sitting room, shattering basically everything in that room and it was the both the scene of the his grandmother coming in in both the book and the movie very powerful yeah um in the third story there was a man who was invisible because no one ever saw him 
tired of this, he summoned the monster to ensure no one, no one would forget to see him again. The monster made them see, but things are harder. There are harder things than being invisible. And as this story is told, Connor is briefly possessed by the monster and physically and violently assaults the school bully, throwing him across the dining hall, putting him in the hospital. Yeah, you're like, I know that's bad. That's bad. I do, don't it's laugh. very bad, it's very funny. bad, but... No, don't do that. Poetic justice? <laughs> and it was... So <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. No, bullying is bad, and responding yes. to violence and violence is mm-hmm. not good either. Unless funny. you're a monster. Right. Um, and in the fourth story, Connor must confront his nightmare to tell the fourth story or he was or face being engulfed by smoke and flames. And as I said earlier, his mother has been pulled from a cliff by a terrifying creature from the darkness below, and Connor must hold on to her hand to save her from being dragged down by the creature. Eventually, his grip fails, and the creature claims his mother. Mm-hmm. And the monster says, it's okay. It's okay. And it's just, the book ends with the monster supporting Connor as he's with his mother at 1207, and you know, it, the the book doesn't like necessarily say. You know, the book the book kind of ends saying, you know, it could be this twelve oh seven that he has to say goodbye, or another twelve oh seven that. But it's okay, it's okay to not want her to go, but to let her go. Yeah, and so it's just depending on when you're watching it or anything, it can hit you really hard. It can Got hit a glass you. Of wine. <laughs> When you're like kind of like thinking about your own life and loss, it's just yeah, it, it gets you. If you have parents, yes, or children, yes, or any loved ones, any loved ones, or any emotional connections, like, at all, yeah. yep, you might feel something watching yes. this movie. Exactly, and reading the book. Yes, yeah, and it was it was funny. Like the first time I read this, it, like I was at my parents' house, dog sitting for them. So I'm just sitting there on the couch. And I'm like, oh, this is coming out i should read this book this looks fun this looks fun no Mm-mm. no we're gonna do some deep philosophical stuff now. yeah exactly i was like sitting on the couch like hugging my parents dogs sobbing <laughs> into them <laughs> <laughs> where are the tissues oh my god oh, really stupid book. That, but dogs are a They're good great. replacement for tissues you just wipe your snot on them and they don't care because they just eat it themselves Oh, okay. thank you. See, now I don't feel like crying anymore. Thank you. You're welcome. This time you're so helpful. <laughs> but yeah, oh, so that is the book of A Monster's A Monster Calls. Goodness. Anna, would you like to report from the balcony on the movie? Yeah. So, um, the film A Monster Calls was released in 2016, directed by J. A. Bayona. Bayona. Yeah, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. Uh, and adapted for the screen by Patrick Ness, who also, of course, wrote the book. Uh, it stars Louis McDougall as young Connor, Felicity Jones as mum, Sigourney Weaver as grandma, Toby Kebbell as dad, and Liam Neeson as the monster. <laughs> uh, fun trivia, Tom Holland of Spider-Man fame was on set as the physical stand-in for the monster during filming. No way. So they were hearing He's... Liam Neeson, but seeing Tom Holland. Tom Holland's like, we, and Liam Neeson, the monster's like, Wee. Okay, yeah. Clearly, the monster is much taller than a human I mean, of any size. Liam Neeson is big, and Tom Holland is wee. Yeah, okay. Liam Neeson is a few inches taller than Tom Holland. The monster is, like, several feet, 18 feet tall. Okay, but Tom Holland's, like, what? 5'10"? That's not wee. He's not wee. But, okay, but he seems so small in all of the Avengers movies. It's because he's so young, and he's, he's lithe. It's also kind of like... Do you ever, when you see, like, behind the scenes of, um, 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and they've got... Uh, and they got Kirk as Rocket. Yeah, Kirk as Rocket. And you're like, he's not the size of a raccoon. He's just walk around with a picture of Rocket tall. on him. He's too tall. He's too tall to be a raccoon. That was my reaction. Oh, Kirk. Uh, Kirk from Gilmore Girls has an actual name. It's I know. It's Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn. Thank you. Just <laughs> think of it for a second. Brother of James Gunn. That's right. Who is back in the fold? Half Sean Gunn will travel. Oh, Kirk. I know. I love Kirk. I wish Gilmore Girls was based on that book. That would be awesome. Um, so We'd rip that last season to shreds. We would just... It's not canon. We just wouldn't do no, that one. Exactly. So disappointing. Ugh. Uh, so this, so a monster calls. Let's go back to the sad thing. <laughs> so the story is very much the same from the book to the movie. This is another one. We've done a couple of these now where the adaptation was done by the same writer who mm-hmm. wrote the book. And they tend to keep more of the original material. They do. And they, like, they then take the opportunity to be like, here's all the things I should have included in the book, but, but, didn't. but I didn't. think of it. I, know, I didn't mention this when we did The Princess Bride, but... Um, in the book, The Princess Bride, Buttercup is almost eaten by sharks. And in the movie, she's almost eaten by shrieking eels. Yes. And I wonder if William Golden was like, sharks are boring. Why did I think of the shrieking eels? And he's like, I'll put it in the movie. Yeah. It's like you fix things. I assume. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's totally what happened. Totally. So the story is very much the same. A lot of the same beats. Um, but it is heightened by the glorious visuals and stunning mm-hmm. uh, special effects. Uh, two of the monsters' three stories are told with vivid watercolors and heavy black lines that contrast to Connor's dreary, gray, waking life. Oh, it's gorgeous. I, I, the the visuals, especially that first one, I didn't know what to expect. And the when they start telling the fairy tale of the queen and king, and and I mean, it's it's gorgeous mm-hmm. artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a lot of the final Harry Potter yes. film. Those um, they tell the story of the of the three Stuffy Hollows. It's it's similar to that, but but with more color. Yes, and it really just it looks like watercolor. It's really it's beautiful, gorgeous. Um, so the visual style is stunning, and then on top of that, the CGI monster um, is this creaking heavy thing. It's like start with the ends from Lord of the Rings, and then add on layers of internal fire mm-hmm. and terror, and he's he's scary and so cool. It's really well done. So the effects for Connor's stories. Um, Oh, so the effects are all great. Connor's story has actually fantastic effects as well. So in the book, it's a cliff. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's he's in the churchyard where the yew tree stands, and it just starts breaking apart. Like yes. the graves start crumbling. The church itself just falls apart, just collapses. And then this gash in the earth just opens up, and its mother falls down to it. Um, and there isn't a, a creature inside the crevasse. So the church cracks and falls apart, and uh, throughout all of it, there's just this onslaught of sound. And then when he finally lets go of his mother, it's just completely silent, and it all stops. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's so well done. Yeah, um, so well done. So, you know, I'm, I tend to be, you know, story first, spectacle second, but the spectacle in this film is used so well to mm-hmm. tell the emotional beats of the story. Yep. It's, it's fantastically well done. Um, so there are two uh, additional scenes in the movie um, that aren't in the book. So uh, partway through, Connor um, is at his grandmother's house, and he, he catches her watching an old home movie of his mom teaching Connor how to draw a monster. So it's it's something they don't do in the book, but in the movie it's 
it's made clear that his mother was an artist mm -hmm. and she's really talented. And so this home video is her teaching him how to draw a monster and how to, how to do it. And it's clear that she's a very talented artist. Um, and uh, the other additional scene is the book ends in her hospital room when Connor can finally let her go. In the movie, there's one more scene after she's gone. Grandma and Connor arrive back at the house and she gives Connor the key to uh, the door that's at the top of the stairs that up until then has been locked and he hasn't been allowed in there. Yeah, I wrote like locked room mystery. Locked room mystery, absolutely. So she gives him the key and tells him she's been getting it ready for him. And so he goes in and it's completely different from the rest of her house, which is very like uh, orderly and um, not a lot of fun for a kid. But right. this, this room, it's got all these wonderful pieces of art and furniture, and it clearly was his mom's room. Mm -hmm. And so he's looking at a sketchbook of hers from when she was a little girl and looking at her artwork, and he's leafing through it, and he's finding illustrations of the monster stories that his yep. mom made. And it's like the same style of... Mm -hmm. oh. Same style of watercolors with the yep. black ink lines, and... There are pictures, um, a couple of times in the movie, you see pictures in the background of mom when she was a little girl with her dad before he died. Who was played by Liam Sneeson. Liam Sneeson is in the picture. So <laughs> it's the implication is that the monster went walking for her once, too. Yes. And that's the film A Monster Calls. Oh, it's such a, it's good, such movie. a good movie. Oh. It really is. Like it's, There's not a lot I can make fun of about this movie. It's really yep. well done. It's so well done. Um, the the writing, the performances, the artwork. Um, you know, all the changes I, it's the very changes human. they made, I like, I was never like, why'd they do that? Yeah. It was, it was good. It really was. Yeah. I approve. Definitely. Is it time for some fun and games? Yeah, let's do some fun and games. What? Sam, who are your top three Hardies? Hardies? What? Oh, I forgot how to. You know, okay. Uh, I was watching a movie about pirates earlier, so... Hardy. No, avast me hearties. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing that pirates say. Irish pirates, apparently. Okay. I'm doing my Liam Neeson. I'm doing my Liam Neeson impression now. <laughs> I have a special set of skills. I have a special set of skills. <laughs> oh, see, I was, I was going to quote him from... High Spirits. High Spirits, except I can't think of any of it. <laughs> it's been a while. Clearly, you don't watch it enough anymore. I, I was going to watch it. And then I didn't, because I had a baby instead. And then when I finally went back to watch it, it wasn't free on Amazon Prime oh. anymore. Like, they, they, they teased me with it, and then they pulled it back. That's so rude. I know. I'm still mad. You My parents be. have it on VHS. I have a VHS player, as everybody points out oh. to me when they come into the condo. Oh, see? Now <laughs> I know what we're doing. We're doing that next. Get your hands on high spirits. Right? Get your hands on some young Liam's Neeson. Oh, man. So, who are your top hotties, Sam? I have one. And okay. it's Connor's dad. Okay. That's it. I have two. Who are yours? Connor's dad. <laughs> and the monster. <laughs> the monster? I mean, the monster? Yeah, totally. He's, he's, a he's strong. He's tall. He's got a gravelly voice, which he's you go for. Sounds like Liam Neeson. Right. Look, if you're... I'm attracted to powerful men slash gods. That's fair. I respect that. But Connor's dad is also kind of cute. Yes, he was. He was. Uh, top three styles or outfits. Again, I had one. Yeah. I loved Connor's striped sweater. <laughs> it was great. Well done, Connor. Really rocking the 12-year-olds. Right. Good styling, man. Schoolboy. I like your dresser. Um, 
my I only had one, and it was the Evil Queen's dress. Ooh. We only get it in silhouette, but there's some nice like spiky right? bits. She's got some good, gorgeousness. It's, it's a good silhouette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it time for quizzing the questions? Yeah, let's do some quizzing the questions. All right, let's see. Let's see. You got some questions for me? I do. Sam, which of the stories did you like best? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, of the four, because there's, there's right, four. I I honestly I think I liked the pop the second story about the apothecary. Okay, the apothecary yeah. who yeah. um who was evil and greedy, but he sells people. Yeah. Well, he wasn't evil. He was he was, yeah, he was petty angry. and greedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was yours? Uh, I think the first one is my favorite because yeah. I'm a sucker for the That's classic true. fairy tale tropes and the fact that it turns it on its head. And yeah, uh, I'm also a sucker for. Women who people mistake for witches, but are actually also right. witches. Like, also witches. that is definitely yeah, my like, jam. She just didn't have a chance to be evil, but that doesn't mean she wasn't. Hey, all right, let's not confuse evil and witch. No, evil no, no, but I'm is just not saying. equal witch. No. Okay. But that was the point of the story. Yeah, no, she had, she had her own thing. And mm-hmm. rather than being ripped apart by an angry mob, a handsome monster came <laughs> and carried her off to live by the seaside for the rest of her life. Right, where she was happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. being all witching. Yep. And stuff. Totally. So... I agree. I appreciate it. I I had some feelings about that story. <laughs> um, all right. Now this is a technical question. Okay. When exactly did Grandma fix up the room for Connor? She's like, I've been getting her ready for you. She has not been home in like weeks. She's been spending all of her time at the hospital. So she that didn't, that didn't make sense. She hired an invisible man to do it. Did she hire an invisible monster? Yes. Is that this is the monster? He is the green man. Her and the hunter and a. <laughs> Damn good interior decorator. Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah. Green yes. Monster. Totally. I, yes. That's my answer. I'm sticking with it. That's that's a load of... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Is that your only question? I had I had two questions. Alright. What are your questions? Um, so I have three for you. <gasps> okay. Go. Um, the first one is, did you experience similar reactions as Connor when the monster revealed each hero and villain of the stories? I definitely was surprised by the first one. Um, I don't think it like filled me with adolescent rage the way it did Connor, That's but I, I definitely did not see it coming. The second one, yeah, I, I was surprised, but also, I mean, I knew that he, there had to be a twist because there was a twist to the first one. Right? It's the whole night M. Night Shyamalan. That's like, this is the M. Night Shyamalan effect. It's like, yeah. once you feel, like, once you have one, you're like, well, there has to be more. It can't be straightforward next no. time. I will say I found the third story a little, a little light. Yeah. A little it was kind unsatisfying. Of yep. At that point, the monster was just phoning it in. Yeah. He's like, we just, we need to get to your story, Connor. Exactly. Yep. Fourth story. Chop, chop. Let's, Let's go. go. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Nice. Thank you. Um... Have you ever wanted to call upon a monster to help you? Oh, my God. Daily. Okay. Good. I would like a monster to come right now. <laughs> um, like, what kind of month? Can, like, can I get a pricing sheet? Oh, what, sure. What yeah, services yeah. the monster performs? Clearly. Can the monster come and take me away to go live by the seaside <laughs> alone where no one will bother me? Can I have that? I'm pretty sure you can arrange I'd that. I really like that. <laughs> um, Just, you know, get somebody to, you know... If the monster wants evil. to um, break up the shed in my backyard, mm, that totally. needs to be replaced. You nice. can smash that. I feel like you just one story, you get it all done. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a complicated woman. No, just a little smashy, smashy. Yep. Irish accent, Irish accent. I'm good. <laughs> good, totally yeah. fine. Yeah. I uh, would you would you call on a monster, Sam? Yeah. 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, seriously. Right? There's no downside here. No, I don't I don't see one. Mm -mm. And my final question is the one that you inspired. Would you recommend reading the book first or watching the movie? <gasps> I love this question. I, <laughs> I have to think about it. Seeing the book first or watching the movie? So I, I saw the movie first, and it's, I mean, visually striking, mm -hmm. as I mentioned. But I think... I would read the it's the book is is, is short I mean, mm -hmm. it's not a it's long such book. A fast it's a read. fast read. Mm -hmm. I think it is worth it to read the book and just get the purity of the language. Mm -hmm. You will not be bored watching the movie. No. There's so much to to look at. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I would say book first, but if you have seen the movie without reading the book, like you just should definitely not, still read the book. You will still get a lot out of the book. Like mm -hmm. I don't I don't think there's a wrong answer, mm -hmm. but if I I would say book first in this case. Okay. But do both. Sit definitely and read, do both. read the book while the movie is playing in the background. Would do you. Whatever, yeah. But I definitely, no, I agree. I definitely think you should, you should do both. Yeah. And like there's, you can't go wrong. It's, the book is not long. The movie is so beautiful. Just, yep. and it does, it, 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 like you don't feel it. Like you're not sitting there like checking your watch the whole time. Yeah. Or at any point. Yeah. Um, and I do think there's, there's so much room in a story about, you know, a child's dealing learning about death and losing his mother like there's plenty of opportunity for this to get maudlin mm -hmm. or saccharin and it's not it's it just very pure yep. and yeah there's a lot of honesty in this um a lot of you know the the best the best writing the best stories are incredibly specific and their specificity makes them universal mm-hmm if you try to be too vague with your details, it, it doesn't ring true. Right. But this feels so, you know, that we've got these beautiful visual fantasy sequences, but the the day-to-day -day scenes, the real-life scenes, feel so lived in. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to see the humanity in all of these characters. I mean, yeah, Dad is kind of a flake, but you can see his point of view. He, mm -hmm. You know, he, he's got his own life. He's got his own, um, he's got other loved ones in his life he has to think about and Grandma is not a bad person. She mm -hmm. just is in a very different place in her life than yep. Connor. And they don't have a lot in common. No, they don't. Um, so I forget uh, what question I was trying to answer, but oh, they're... Recommend the book or Yes, read. just do both. Just yes, do both. Just do both. That's my recommendation. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, oh, the time for fake awards already. Yeah. All right. Sam, what are your fake awards? Uh, so my Jeff Goldblum Award went to Sigourney Weaver. <gasps> Mine too! Yay! Yeah. I, um, I love Sigourney Weaver. I do. She's a fantastic actress. She's a fantastic actress. actress. And it's not that our British accent was bad. It just was so... It didn't It stood out feel... so much more than the others. Well, because everyone no, else is British. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, there are some actors who can slip on other dialects mm -hmm. really easily. And it's and I'm not even sure that she can't. It's just that I, I had a hard time buying it. Yes. It just it I was like why is the what why is she British? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Exactly. I can't. I mean she does a good job and I I don't think like it's a bad performance. It's just it it was it took me out of it. It did a little bit, yeah. So I would I would uh second that Jeff Goldblum award. Excellent. 
we we don't always we don't necessarily no. always agree on Jeff Goldblum. You know, it's funny. I feel like the first couple episodes we always matched up, and then we've gone in wildly yeah, different directions. Yeah. Since then. But I mean, they've all we been appropriate. We brought it back. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember who the first few recipients of the Jeff Goldblum <laughs> award were. Besides Jeff Goldblum, uh, I think Johnny Depp was the first. One. No, it wasn't Johnny Depp. It was um, it was Christopher Walken. Oh, that's right, it was Christopher Walken. Because, because it's like wait. Mr. Walken is in this movie? Yeah. And then the third one was Sean Connery. I think Sean Connery's gotten it twice, too. He has. Ugh. Yep, he has. We should make fun of Sean Connery more. Oh, Sean Connery. That is an actor you can make fun of. Oh, so true. So true. (laughs) Uh, Good times. What are your other awards, Sam? Uh, So the Gets Me Every Time Award goes to Connor, saying he doesn't want his mom to go. Oh, God, yeah. It got me just now when you said that. Yep. Okay. Um, and then the Better in the Movie Award goes to Connor's dad. Yeah. Well, I think that's because he's kind of hot. Well, that and he, like, he does have a better relationship with Connor in the movie. Yeah, you can see him trying. Yeah, he tries a lot. Like, it's easier to see him trying in the movie mm-hmm. than, like, than it seems like, than Connor's, like, kind of telling you in the book. Oh, I just thought of another question. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know how there's this thing where if it's, if you can think of it, Someone has made a porn version of it. Yes. Do you think that there's a porn version of the monster? I want to say no, but probably yes. Now that I've said it, probably yeah. Probably is. Yep. Listeners, all right, guys, don't send us pictures. Do not send us your fan fiction well, about the monster. If you just know don't. that there is one, just, just no. Say I yes. don't. No, I don't even. I don't, I don't even say know. pictures. I don't even need to know. No. If you if you want to Google it and no, contaminate no, no. your computer, no, no. that's up to you. I but do know. I don't even want to. I'm know. not a. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, I leave that up to the listeners. Yeah. yeah. You just <laughs> contaminate your. Yeah. Don't do it at work though. No 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 um, no no. Bad decision. Do you have any other awards? No, those that's, that's okay. it. What are your awards? I had I had one other award. Um, the tree god slash lion god slash Jedi slash I trained Batman award goes to Liam Neeson. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very well done. And on that heartbreaking note. Oh, God. So next episode, we will be talking about the 1938 novel, Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. I am so excited for this one. By Winifred Watson. And it's just incredibly delightful. 2008 adaptation starring Frances McDormand, Amy Adams, Ronan the Accuser, (laughs) I mean Lee Pace, Mark Strong, and one of my favorites, Kieran Hines. Slash... Paw Patrol from Frozen. <laughs> did you have to say that about him? Sorry, did I ruin it for you? You did. He's also in something else. Doesn't he do a Marvel movie? Did Karen Hines play a bad guy in a Marvel movie? Yeah, and he was freaking Steppenwolf in that stupid Justice League. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that one. It was crap. Yeah. It's not crap. I'm not going to see that one. So, as He's... I said, the Elder Troll in Frozen. <laughs> You could have at least said he was freaking Captain Wentworth or Persuasion. Well, everyone knows that. <laughs> Dreamboat. Heartthrob. Uh, Kieran Hines. Dreamy. Until then, <laughs> help us spread the word. Rate and review on iTunes. Tell your friends, coworkers, and fellow Frozen enthusiasts how great Adapted with Anna and Sam is. So, no. <laughs> no. Look, watch High Spirits. Email us. Let us know what you thought <laughs> at uh, adaptedwithannaandsam at gmail.com. 
or post on Facebook. You can find us at Adapted with Anna and Sam. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Adapted Podcast. Let's keep this conversation going. Thanks for listening to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna, and I wish Ghostbusters was based on a book. I'm Sam, and I wish Dogma was based on a book. (laughs) Bye. Bye!